tonight's message uh, off. Uh, how many of you guys know it's 2014? It's a new year. Yeah. Does that take anyone by surprise? It's a new year. Okay, no, okay, good. You all know it's a new year. Uh, and something happens in a new year. At the beginning of every new year, something happens. Okay, and before Aaron gives it away by putting that slide up, uh, I'll, I'll tell you when to put the slide up. Everybody in America, in front of the world, uh, does something. And I say everybody very loosely. Uh, but what is something that almost everybody does when the new year comes around? Buy some new calendar. I am so glad Dennis is here because he said someone buys a new calendar. No, everybody makes New Year's resolutions. Okay? Uh, and, and with that being said, um, tonight I want to talk about resolutions. And tonight I want to uh, talk about Christians. And I want to talk about followers of Christ. And I want to talk about the Bible. And I want to talk about uh, what resolutions are all about. Uh, and without further ado, I want Aaron to throw up the slide because I'm going to encourage you guys to take notes. Okay? 2014 is going to be a year of notes, so buy a notebook. Uh, and we're going to we're going to take notes uh, from every sermon of every pastor who's ever given a sermon. You're going to listen to every sermon in the world, and you're going to take notes, and you're going to make a book called My Sermon Notes 2014. Uh, but the title of this message, if you were uh, trying to read that, uh, it is a resolution to next resolutions. Okay, we are going tonight, in tonight's message, we are going to have a resolution, we are going to make a resolution to Nick's revolutions. Resolutions, not revolutions. No more revolutions, no. We are having a resolution to Nick's resolutions. Uh, and so, what's that? We're going to dive right into that. Why Why is a good question. Um, and, and this is a little bit catchy. Um, but it's going to make a lot of sense. I think you're going to agree with me that we're going to resolve uh, to no longer make resolutions. Uh, and so uh, with that being said, I want us just to bow our heads and close our eyes. Uh, because before we go into the brave unknown of uh, debunking a long tradition, uh, I think we should pray first. Sound good? All right, let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much for your word. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is full of truth. Uh, God, that your word is holy truth. Uh, God, and that it is for us. God, I just pray that tonight, as we take a look at what your word has to say, uh, God, that we would grow uh, as followers of Christ, uh, we would grow as brothers and sisters, uh, God, and that we would be inspired by what your word has to say for us. God, that we would be, uh, God, just encouraged uh, by what, uh, with what your word has for us. Uh, God, as, as we spend some time looking at some different portions uh, in Scripture, God, I just pray that we would be encouraged. And God, I pray uh, that we would be challenged, um, God, for 2014, that we would be challenged to live our lives more after you, um, God, to live our lives more for you, uh, and God, really to see uh, change take place, uh, lasting change uh, in our lives, in this group, uh, God, and, and, and in those around us uh, as, as we decide, God, uh, to follow you with our whole hearts. So God, we just pray uh, that you would be with this word. Uh, God, that these would be your words. Uh, God, that you would speak through me and that none of these would be my words. Uh, but God, that only you, your perfect word would go through. Uh, God, and anything that would be of me or, uh, or, or, or just be not uh, good to hear God, I pray that it would fall on deaf ears or that I wouldn't even be able to get it out of my mouth. Uh, but God, uh, that, that your perfect word would come through. So God, we just thank you and we praise you. In your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Um, so just because Haley asked the question, why? Why should we resolve to no longer make resolutions? That's a good question. How many of you guys, uh, have, 
when you saw the title, you raised your hand and said, I, I've got a question, why are we resolving to get rid of resolutions? Okay, no one, awesome, no. Hey, Haley had the question, and I know all of you guys are not raising your hands, so you don't want me to pick them again. Uh, so, so we won't do that, I'll just pick on Haley. Uh, but we are resolving uh, not to make resolutions. And the reason why I say this, and this is going to make sense uh, as, as the message continues on tonight, but I, I have the definition of resolution. And I, and I did this so you can look at it. Uh, it's even the phonetic up there, so you guys can try to spell, uh, spell it out together. Resolution. Everyone see it? Resolution. Okay. It is a noun, uh, and it is a firm decision to do or not to do something. Sounds like a good thing, right? A resolution is a good thing. It is a firm decision to do or not to do something. It is an intention, it is an intent, and it is an aim. Okay? It is an intent, it is an intention, and it is an aim. Okay? These are all good things, correct? Okay? Uh, but tonight I want you uh, to, to take a look at the word resolution, and I want us to maybe change it up just a little bit. Because um, I'm all about setting uh, standards for the new year, uh, dreaming big, uh, putting things out in front of them, uh, making decisions, uh, aiming for things, uh, intending to do things. Uh, but when I look at this, uh, and, it, and, and I see it is, a, it is a firm decision to do or not to do something, but when it's Put with its uh, sub words that, that help define it. It's an intention. Have you ever heard the phrase "good intentions"? Whenever you hear "good intentions," what does that normally connotate? That someone ended up failing, but they had good intentions. When I see the word "aim," I think first and foremost of either archery or shooting. And you can aim, but you might miss the mark, right? So resolution being a firm decision, it's not a definite. Okay, it's not definitively something that you can acquire, okay? And, and if I were to poll all of us out there uh, and ask uh, how many of you have ever kept a resolution for an entire year, uh, statistics and, and the probability would say uh, that maybe one of you has kept a resolution for an entire year, uh, but more likely uh, we tend to fizzle out uh, probably by the end of January, early part of February, or once the sun starts coming out, uh, we start to fizzle away uh, from what our resolution was. My resolution for 2013, as uh, uh, small and minuscule and, and goofy as it was, but my resolution was to wear a tie every Sunday. Uh, that made it until it started to get to be about 85, 90 degrees outside, and wearing a tie is not very comfortable with a tie. Uh, that's why I failed at my resolution. Uh, I aimed, but I missed. So I want to challenge us. As believers in Christ, and I think uh, the Word of God has a lot to say about this, and we're going to take a look at that tonight. But I want to challenge us uh, to resolve, make a firm decision, to not have any more resolutions at the beginning of the year. Rather, I want us to have New Year's goals. Right? I mean, it makes sense. Uh, and we're going to talk about that just a reason. Uh, if you want, you can say goal really loud like a Spanish soccer announcer. No, you don't have to. Okay. Uh, I knew it was coming. Move in. Okay. Uh, I have the definition for you uh, of goal. Everyone look up here for the definition of goal. Goal is a noun. And I did put the first uh, definition up there. Uh, not because it doesn't apply to my message and it messes up my message. Because the first definition of goal has to do with soccer and football. Uh, so that really didn't have anything to do with my message. 
So I put up the second one, which is the object of a person's ambition or effort. A goal is the object of a person's ambition or effort, i.e., an aim or desired result. Okay? Desired result. How many of you, when we think of New Year's resolutions, we're looking for a result? Okay? I want to read my Bible every day in 2014. Okay? It's a good one. Okay? But if it was a resolution, you have the opportunity to fail. With the goal, it is a desired result. And this is what it also says. It says it is an end, a target, or a purpose. Okay? And so when I think about intentions, and I think about how you can fail at intentions, then I think about an end. An end means you accomplish, right? An end means you got to the finish line. You finished the race. You may have had a resolution to finish the race, but you might have gotten sick and not be able to finish the race. But if your goal was to finish the race and you were going to do what it took to make your goal, you can get to the end, which would be to finish. Uh, it is a target. One of the sub-definitions of um, a resolution is to aim. Okay? Anyone who shoots knows you can aim, but you don't always hit the target. But with a goal, you're hitting the target. That's just what goal means. It means a target that you're hitting. Uh, and it is a purpose. And, and we should purpose uh, our lives a specific way. God has a plan for us to purpose our lives a specific way. But also, uh, we want to find purpose in our lives. Does that make sense? We want to find purpose for why we are living and for what God has put us here to do. Okay? Uh, so, Aaron, you can bounce off that. Um, if you're taking notes, and if you've ever heard me speak, uh, I normally don't do the whole topical thing. Uh, I just normally read from the Bible uh, and go verse by verse. That's, that's what um, we're going to do in just a second. Just for any of you who are like, wow, this just feels like a seminar on goal setting rather than a sermon. Well, we're going to dive into the scripture in just a second. Um, but I want us all to think uh, about goals, okay? So, so in the back of your mind, don't be distracted uh, by thinking about goals. I still want you to pay attention to the message. Um, but I want you to be thinking about goals for 2014. If you already set resolutions, uh, that's okay. I'm not going to step on your toes uh, or, or get mad at you, okay? But I would encourage you to change those resolutions to goals uh, so we can see them accomplished, Okay? Because I think if we were all to be honest with ourselves, uh, at least I know for my personal, um, I've set the same resolution uh, like the last like, six years in a row, which means I didn't accomplish my resolution. You know, uh, We shouldn't have to set the same resolution every year if we're actually attaining it. Uh, so I want to encourage us to set goals. Uh, I want you guys all to turn your Bibles uh, really quick uh, to Hebrews chapter 4. Can we all do that? Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> As everyone's turning, uh, I want to let you know I'm sorry. I did not put uh, the words up on the screen. Uh, I have no excuse for that. Uh, I will have the words up on the screen next week. Uh, but it's a good reminder for all of us to have our Bibles. How many of you guys have your Bibles? If you've got your Bible, put it up in the air. Let me see it. If your Bible is your smartphone, put it up in the air because that's even cool. No, it's really not, but it's, it's the lightsaber versus the sword. I don't know which one it is. Uh, but I want to encourage you guys all to bring your Bibles. And if you do not have a Bible, please let me know, and we will get you a Bible. Uh, and, and, and we can get your hands on the Bible. Uh, and I think that would be very good uh, for us, and it would be crucial for us. This is what Hebrews chapter 4 says. Is everyone there? Let me know by saying holla. All right. If you're not there, 
Say hold up. All right, we'll wait. Holler. There we go in the back. Here we go. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. And then we're going to look at them uh, maybe at a different uh, light. It says this. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as it was to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. For being mixed with faith in those who heard it, for we who have believed do uh, enter that rest. As he has said, uh, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Okay, this is a portion of scripture uh, that we're going to try and digest. Uh, and the reason why we're going to try and digest it uh, is because it has something uh, that God wants for us. Okay, it has something that God wants uh, for us. I want us to, to, to take a look at what, uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of the message before? Okay, uh, I'm not going to uh, subscribe to it as a Bible. I'm going to subscribe to it uh, as a paraphrase. And it is something that you can help study with. Now we're going to preach out of it, but maybe reference it. Okay, uh, but the message, when talking about Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1, it says this. For a long time, it has been promised of the resting with God. Uh, and this pulls us towards God's goal for us. Pulls us towards God's goal for us. Well, what's God's goal? Um, what the author of Hebrews is saying is God's goal is for, for us. God's goal for us is that we find a resting place in Him. Okay? How many of you guys would agree uh, that it is a good thing to be resting in God? Okay? It's a good thing to be in God's presence and to find rest with God. And, the, and what the message does is it, says, it takes out the word promise and it says, uh, this is uh, God's goal for you. And, and, and I think this is a very uh, good thing. Okay? Uh, and, and as we're looking at 2014, uh, I want maybe us to put at the beginning of our list uh, to find rest with God. How many of you would agree uh, you want 2014, you want to be closer to God than you were in 2013? Amen? All right, so, so, so I think this is a good uh, thing. We can also see in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 8, uh, that this um, God's goal for us to find rest in him uh, is, is once again um, uh, shown there in Deuteronomy. Uh, John chapter 17, verse 20, uh, Jesus is talking about uh, believers. He's talking about those who are followers of Jesus. And you can turn there in your Bible if you want, or you can just write it down in your notes. John chapter 17 is a great uh, chapter. We're not going to read all of it tonight, uh, but, but it is very important for us. Uh, and, and something is said uh, in John chapter 17, verse 20. Okay? And this is what it says in John uh, chapter 17, verse 20. It says, the goal is for all of them. Okay? So we're jumping in uh, to verse 20, not looking at the entire chapter. Okay? And, and the goal is for all of them. Who is the them? Jesus is referring to those who are followers of Jesus, those who are in what will become the church. He's talking about disciples and followers of Jesus. The goal is for them, the church, to become one heart and to become of one mind. Okay? And then Jesus was going to say, just as the Father and the Son are one heart and one mind. God's goal, Jesus' goal, is that followers of Christ become of one heart and of one mind, just as God the Son and God the Father. Okay? This is important because when we look at the church today, 
uh, I, I was just had the opportunity today uh, to, to be talking with a high schooler uh, about church and about uh, churches and about religion and about uh, denominations and how they all formed and uh, what's the right one. Uh, and when we look at the church today, the church as a whole, um, it is very, very divided by names, uh, divided by denominations, uh, sometimes divided by doctrines, um, and, and this should not be. Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 20, that he wants us uh, to be one, of one heart, and of one mind. Uh, the nice thing about these churches, for the most part, is that it, uh, they believe in Jesus, and they believe the world needs Jesus, and that's good. But aside from that, there's a lot of uh, arguments, uh, and this should not be. Uh, and we as believers, uh, we need to be of one heart and of one mind. And so for 2014, I want to challenge each and every single one of you. You may have differing opinions on specific things. And uh, I want to let you know that's okay. Okay? It's okay if, if we see things differently. Okay? Uh, there's diversity. Okay? That's good. Uh, but with diversity, we need to have unity. Okay? And I want to uh, encourage us uh, to come together with one heart and with one mind. And that one heart, that one mind is, the world needs Jesus, we have Jesus, we need to go share Jesus, okay? And all the other little stuff, uh, Titus tells us that uh, avoid all those contentions, quarrels, you know, genealogies, and so on and so forth. Save those for a later point. But the purpose we are to do is we are to go into all the world and make disciples, Making a disciple connotates that someone has already been uh, converted. Okay, you can't disciple someone who's not a Christian. Uh, and so once someone gives their heart to the Lord, that's when the discipleship process begins. So Jesus uh, already knew we were going to be doing the assignment of telling people about Jesus. Now He's saying, "Hey, disciple them, grow them." So with us, we need to have uh, a oneness of heart, not be. Uh, having quarrels amongst ourselves, not be fighting amongst ourselves. Oh yeah, I don't sit with that person at church because, oh man, you should see what they do. Oh no, it's, it's so not good. When really, we're not talking about like sin and we're not talking about uh, licentious living. We're just talking about the way they agree or disagree on specific things. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Uh, we we want to be of one heart and of one mind. And we want to have unity when we go forward. I'm so privileged and I'm I'm so happy to be a part of Hillside Christian Fellowship because we are a fellowship that believes in unity. We are a fellowship who believes in what Jesus said in John chapter 17, that we have to have one heart and we have to have one mind, just as God the Father and God the Son do. Uh, Hillside Christian Fellowship uh, has teamed up uh, with uh, over 15 different churches within our area, okay? And no, we're not all the same denomination, Okay? Doctrinally, a lot of us aren't even close when it comes to certain things. But we all know that Jesus is the answer. We have Jesus, and the world needs Jesus. Okay? And we've said, hey, we're, we're willing to put our doctrines aside. Okay? Oh, you might be a Calvinist, and I'm an Arminian. That's okay. You might be a cessationalist or a continualist. That's okay. You might be an amillennialist or a millennialist or a premillennialist. Dispensationalists, that's okay. Those are all big words. You might not even all know what that means. That's okay. Because we are the church. And God called us to be united. And uh, it's God's goal 
that we are united. Um, and so that should be our goal. Because as we follow the example of Christ, which is what Paul tells us to do, we are to live Christ-like. And if Christ's goal was that his followers uh, be united, we ought to have the same goal that we ought to be united one with another. Does that make sense? So I want to just challenge you guys. Uh, not only should your goal be to find rest in God, but your second goal should be uh, to have oneness of both heart and mind with fellow believers. Does that make sense? You guys think that's good? All right. Well, we're going to continue on. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, uh, is a verse that many of us have read before, okay? And this one talks about goals as well. It says, press on towards the goal. Run the race in such a way to win the prize, okay? That pressing on, that running in such a way. Uh, guys, this is uh, how we live our lives, Okay? Uh, this is how we go to attain our goal. Because a goal is no good if you just set it and then you never try and achieve it. Because it's just a cloud floating above you that just reminds you, oh yeah, I am a failure. Okay? But if you live your life in such a way, and you set your goals in such a way that they are attainable, that is how you press on. And there's some tools that we can look at on how uh, to press forward uh, in our goals that we set. And we're going to talk about these goals uh, in just a second. But I want to give you guys uh, a little tool because you might ask me the question, okay, well, how do I press on? How do I, Philippians 3.14, the goals that I'm going to set for 2014? What is a practical way that I can attain my goals? Well, when it comes to your goals, I encourage you guys to set SMART goals. No, I'm not talking about intellectually uh, superior goals. I'm talking about SMART goals. Okay, slide. These are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound goals. Okay? Let me say that one more time. You guys want to write this down? Okay? I already wrote this down. I wrote my specific. Is this legit? Uh, this is legit. Yeah, this is legit. We want to write specific goals, measurable goals, attainable goals, relevant goals, and time-bound goals. Now, let's first talk about specific. Okay? A goal, if you want to get your goal, but you want to be lazy, um, you can set a goal for 2014 to wake up every morning. Okay? You will achieve that goal. Unless you die. Unless you die. God willing, we don't. But if we want to be lazy, that's a great goal. But God wants us to set specific goals. We've already talked about two, and I'm going to give you guys the opportunity in just a few minutes to talk about some more. But we need to set specific goals. In specific goals, when it's specific, we need to be able to measure it as well. Okay? So maybe you change that, I'm going to wake up every morning, to I am going to wake up <coughs> every morning at 7.15. Okay? For some of you, that's early. For some of you, that's late. Okay? Uh, and no, I, I'm not encouraging you to set goals about waking up. Just wake up. Okay? Uh, but remember what Proverbs says. Uh, wise men rise early and go to bed late. All right? Okay? I think Benjamin Franklin said that also. Uh, good times. Okay, but we want measurable goals. Okay? Uh, we want to be able to track our progress. Okay? So say it's someone uh, who, who's trying to lose weight. That's a typical goal in America. Okay? Lose weight. Okay, I plan to lose this many my first week, and then this is what I want to keep off every week. And you can count your calories and do whatever you need 
okay, to attain that goal. But it's measurable, okay? One of the first ways to get success, aside from being a specific goal, is a goal that you're able to measure, okay? So, that would say spiritual goals. Finding rest in God. How do I measure that? Okay? Reflect on your week. When did you find rest with God? Okay? Set apart a specific time of the week where you have rest with God. Okay? How many of you guys realize uh, we live in a busy world? Okay? But how many of us realize we make our world more busy than it should be? Okay? Um, I, I, I dare not even ask the question how many of us play video games. Because uh, I'm sure a bunch of hands would go up. Um, how many of us uh, watch an uh, exorbitant amount of, of television? Probably a lot of hands would go up. Um, I want to challenge each and every single one of you because I'm going to take this challenge. Okay? And I'm setting this as a goal, not a resolution. I'm setting it as a goal for 2014. I'm going to dedicate an hour a week. Just an hour a week. Okay? It's not much. An hour a week specifically dedicated to just finding rest in God. Just finding rest. Not do anything. That doesn't mean I'm going to study God's word. Doesn't mean I'm, 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 I'm going to go knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. Those are all great. But I'm going to find rest. So I'm just going to kick on worship. Throw on some headphones. Just lay down. I'm going to find some rest. Turn the headphones off every once in a while and just listen. Just how right God speak to me. I'm going to find rest in God. So I challenge you guys to do that as well. And it's going to look different for everybody. Okay? But I want to challenge each and every single one of you uh, to have that, and it's measurable. Okay? You either did or you didn't. You can track it. Okay? Uh, attainable. Uh, does that sound like an attainable goal? Okay? Uh, goals should be attainable. Okay? Uh, though the intentions behind this resolution, you see resolution and intentions, the same thing. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to tell 1,500 people about Jesus and see them all come to the Lord and the first half of the year. That's the most ridiculous part. Okay, it's crazy. Okay, for some people, though, it's tainable. Okay? For Billy Graham, it's tainable. Okay? And the intentions are good, but then when we get to the first half of the year, we're like, oh, man, I've only talked to 10. You make yourself feel bad because you're not hitting your resolution. But on the other side, 10 is amazing. So, set the goal for, I'm going to tell 10 people about Jesus and lead 10 people to the Lord. That's an attainable goal. <coughs> 10 people is an attainable goal for a year. Okay? Uh, I have set my goal, and, and you guys are going to find that I'm going to tell you goals as I go along, uh, because part of this is accountability, okay? When you have your goals personal, if you fail, no one else knows, but if you tell other people your goals, they can help you accountable. One of my goals, it's attainable, is I have three friends from high school, okay? Three specific friends from high school uh, who I haven't talked too much, uh, but I, I witnessed very hard to them when I was in high school, uh, and, and one of them gave their heart to the Lord, and I discipled them for like two years after high school. But I haven't had contact with them in three years. Shame on me, okay? Uh, but I'm getting back in contact with them, uh, and I'm going to see them all in church. That's one of my attainable goals. I'm going to see these three back in church and loving Jesus. And it's going to be cool. And, uh, so I'm going to encourage you guys to make some attainable goals like that as well. The next is it's got to be relevant. Okay? It's got to be relevant. I mean, uh, if your goal uh, is uh, to watch every single episode of Bonanza, it's not very relevant. It's 2014. Bonanza came out in 1956. Okay? Well, it's a great TV show. I've seen it right now. Is that about Bananas? No, no, no. It's a cowboy show. It's great. It was the first color television show. 
I don't know why I went off on that. Uh, it's got to be relevant, okay? Uh, when it comes to making spiritual goals, every spiritual goal is relevant, okay? Uh, finding rest in God, if that's God's goal for us, I think that's relevant, okay? If the church needs to be one, have one mind, have one heart, I think that's relevant, okay? Uh, I think telling people about Jesus is relevant, okay? Because if we truly believe what the Bible has to say, that there is a heaven and there is a hell, and that the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ, and any other way leads to hell, uh, there's a lot of people who are going to hell. They'll be flat out. And the relevance is, we want those people to go to heaven. So we need to tell them about Jesus. So that's a very specific, it's very measurable, it's very attainable, it's a very relevant goal. And the time bound. This is uh, something when it comes to uh, setting physical goals and uh, maybe workout goals or relational goals, uh, but it also works for spirituals. It's time out. Uh, time is of the essence. Okay? Jesus said, hey, no one knows when I'm going to return. Okay? He could return any minute. That being said, there's no time like the present. You've heard the, the phrase or the colloquialism before, uh, live today as if it was your last. Okay? That's legit. Okay? It sounds goofy, looks good on a bumper sticker, uh, but it's, it's the real thing. Okay? Uh, this could be our last day. So time is uh, the essence. So today might not be your last day, but maybe one of the friends here, like, oh, yeah, you know, you need to tell them about Jesus. Yeah, man, I really need to tell them. Oh, yeah, I feel like the Lord's putting it on my heart to tell them about Jesus. But then you kind of just put it on the back shelf. It might not be your last day, but that person can get in their car this afternoon and get in a car accident and die. It was their last day. So time was relevant. Okay? So we need to be serious. We need to be serious. Uh, because time is important. Okay? We have the, the, uh, the luxury of living in a first world country, living in America, uh, and, and using a Julian calendar. You guys know what a Julian calendar is? Julius Caesar put together the calendar that we use today. Uh, fun fact for you. Uh, and so 2014 has 365 days. It's one of those days that's 24 hours. That's time. We live in time. Uh, so I want our specific, measurable, attainable, relevant goals. I want you to make goals that are specific for 2014. There you go. You've got 353 days left or some 58 days left. Okay, 358 days. That's what you guys got left. Uh, make a time bound. Okay. I'm going to lead 10 people to the Lord this year. I'm going to leave five people, Lord, this year. I'm going to spend an hour uh, of a week with God uh, in 2014. So then when you get to 2015, after you have achieved those goals, because you hit the target, you didn't aim and miss like a resolution would, but since you hit those goals, you don't have to make the same goals for 2015. Hey, like, all right, an hour, man. I could use a lot more time with God. An hour was great. I had an hour every week, man, it was great. I'm going to have an hour every day. Wake up a little bit earlier. We'll have an hour every day. Okay, another specific, another attainable, another measurable. It's pretty relevant, and it's time bound. Five people? Yeah, that was easy. I got five friends in church with me. They're all new from 2014. I'm going to do seven next. You got the answer? What I'm saying? We never want to be in the same place at two specific times. Okay. Where I am now is further along than where I was this time in 2013. But I don't want to be where I am today 
a year from now. There's a definition for something that stays the same and just gets comfortable with where it's at. You know what that word is? Complacent. Okay? You hear it all the time in the churches. Oh God, please let this church not become complacent. God, man, not become a complacent believer. You guys really know what that means. It means not growing. And Paul had a lot to say about growing. Paul had a lot to say about maturing as Christians. He talks about, hey, there's babes in the faith. There's kids in the faith. There's the quote-unquote teenagers of the faith. There's the adults and the wise old people of the faith. Now, these aren't age-specific. You can have a 60-year-old baby and a 20-year-old wise man. Okay? It's not years, but it's levels of maturity in the knowledge that we have with God. And Paul warns us, when he writes one of his letters, he says, hey, you, church, you should be eating the meat of the word, pounding down the steak and potatoes of God's word, yet you're still drinking the milk of the word like a baby. We need to continue to grow. So, continue to grow. It might mean, one of my goals for 2014 is I'm going to study God's word. I'm not just going to read it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to get to know what it has to say. That is a smart one first. It's specific. It's measurable. It's table. It's relevant. It's time down. 2014, I'm going to do it. You guys kind of catch what I'm saying? Uh, and I think this is all uh, quite important. And now, man, this is crazy. because I haven't got to the sermon. Okay. Uh, sorry, guys. Okay. Uh, so the question you might be asking is, okay, this is cool, smart. What, what was that? So this is the sermon. Now. No, no, this is the intro. The sermon's about to start. Okay. Uh, so, so this was going to be the kickoff to the sermon, this, uh, this man-made formula up here, okay? Uh, and then I want to ask you guys the question, because you guys know I like to teach from the Bible. Uh, and, and so... We ask the question, well, how do I press on to a goal? Man-made. Okay, Matt, I know man-made, so how do we do it biblically? Amen? We want to live our lives biblically, right? Turn with me, if you will, back to a book that we've been studying, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, okay? And I'm going to write through this because I know I don't have a lot of time. I had no clue my intro was going to take that long. Uh, they, they tell pastors, uh, if you're not going to get to your sermon, don't preach it. Uh, just uh, preach it. Amen. Okay, here we go. First Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to pick up uh, in verse 14, and it says this, Now we exhort you, brethren, this being Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, and the brethren being those who are in Thessalonica, the church, we are the church as well, so Paul, Timothy, uh, and, and Silas, they're all writing this to us. We exhort you, warn those who are unruly, comfort those who are faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. Okay? Four things that are very good that we can do this year in 2014 to attain every single one of our goals, and we can set these as goals as well. That is to warn those who are unruly. You're acting bad? Hey, I'm going to tell you about it. You're not living up to the goal that you set? I'm going to tell you about it. Okay? Comfort those who are faint and hearted. Okay? You see someone who's hurting, you see someone who's down, you see someone who's lonely, go and comfort them. You see someone who's feeling like a failure because they're not hitting their spiritual goals, go and build them up and say, hey, let's do this thing together. Okay? I will wake up early with you every day this week to get us back on track. Okay? Uh, uh, uphold those who are weak. Okay? Someone have, is having a hard time. They are legitimately falling back. They're actually losing ground. Okay? Help them up. Get them back to solid. And then walk with them a little bit more. Does that make sense? You guys tracking? These are four things that we can do to help attain our smart goals. Okay? And be patient. Okay? How many of you guys know with time... Patience is key. How many of us are very impatient? 
Amen to the impatient people in the room. I am too. Um, but we need to be patient. We live in a very fast culture, a very fast society who likes the results now. John, yes. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 14 through 22. Uh, we live in a culture that wants everything now, 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 now. Internet, smartphones, fast cars, uh, fast internet, whatever, name it, okay? Some people don't have fast internet app, but that's just called the Maxis. Uh, okay, no, never mind. Uh, but we want everything now, 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 right? But that's not the way things are intended to be. Okay? I remember when my sister, I'm going to pick on Olivia real quick. Uh, I remember when my sister, she was like uh, probably six or seven years old. Okay? Uh, but she said, oh, I want to be 16. I want to be 16. My favorite age is 16. I'm like, Liv, I'm not even 16. Why do you want to be 16? She's like, I want to be 16. And it's like, all right. So what if God granted us those every wishes? And Olivia took all of her knowledge from being seven years old and was put into a 16-year-old body and went to a 16-year-old school with the brain of a seven-year-old. That's not the way God intended it. God, God wants us to mature. God wants us to grow. And it takes time. There's patience. Luckily, Olivia made it to 16. Was 16 really all it was cut up to be? You liking being older than 16? Yeah, see, right? Uh, we want to be patient, okay? I'll tell you what. I can stand up here in front of all you guys right now and be like, yeah, you know what? If I could lose 40 pounds in one day, sign me up for that program. Sign me up. Uh, and that's what most of America says, you know? Sign me up. I want to lose all my weight in a week. Uh, but that's not real. You can take these pills, I think, that do it, and then you pass out and come close to dying from dehydration. It's not good for you. Um, and hydroxy cuts not good. Um, and, uh, but we want the results. But in order to keep it off, when it comes to weight, you gotta be patient. You gotta go through the process. Yeah, it might take a little while. It might take 40 weeks. But then you've learned over that time, and you've been able to practice over that time, good habits. You've set small goals along the way to reach your larger goal. So I want to to set small goals along the way towards reaching our ultimate goal. Okay. Here we go. Verse 15 says this. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. That's a good one. That's a good goal. How many of you guys would be like, I don't want to give evil to anyone when they give me evil. I want to love people. That's what Jesus told me to do. Okay, I think that's a good one. It's hard, but it's good. But always pursue what is good, both for yourselves, this ain't a selfish goal, but for all. It's pretty good. Seek what is good for you and for everyone else around you. Okay? Does that make sense? That's a good goal, right? I want to make this year good for me, but I'm also going to make it pretty good for Alex. He just doesn't know how I'm going to make it good for him yet. This is going to be a good year. Clip. Right. Let's continue. Verse 16. Rejoice always. I love that song that Bo sang. We're going to sing it. Uh, if it's all right with both, we're going to sing it when this is all done. Okay? Uh, verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Uh, I love rejoicing. And God wants us to rejoice. Uh, that, that, that second course of that song talks about when we're suffering, when we're going through pain, when we're going through tears, when we're crying out to the Lord. Uh, rejoice. Rejoice. Uh, in all things, rejoice. Uh, and, and, and I think our world could take a lot of rejoicing. You guys agree with me? I mean, when the angels showed up and pronounced that Jesus had been born, that Messiah had come, they said, rejoice. 
okay? Peace on earth, okay? Joy, okay? I think that's something that we still need today. You guys agree? Uh, so you, each and every single one of you individually, the more you rejoice, the more the people will rejoice around you. Does that make sense? I think it's a good goal. Uh, and, and just so you guys know, you can put little boxes next to each verse. Uh, and these are your check marks, okay? Uh, because these are goals that we can set for 2014. Okay? Uh, pray without ceasing, okay? I had the opportunity uh, as a pastor uh, for multiple years. Uh, we tend to preach messages on uh, New Year's resolutions, okay? Uh, and we just do it every year. It's just how it goes. Uh, and I had the opportunity to share with some high schoolers uh, this, this past Monday uh, in a Bible study about um, really setting goals uh, and, and, and what it means. And we went through First Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, and it was, it was really cool. And I said, pray without ceasing. You should have seen every single high schooler. Okay? Because there's some high schoolers for a church. There's some high schools who don't go to church. There's some high schoolers who don't even know Jesus. And I said, pray without ceasing. And about half the room was like this. <laughs> what? And, and I said, yeah, what? I mean, really, we're failing right now because we're not praying, right? Pray without ceasing. This doesn't mean, dear God, thank you for my food. Thank you for my day. That's my mommy and my daddy. We just do that for 24-7, okay? That's great, okay? And we do pray for those things, okay? And I'm not, I'm not making fun or belittling any of that. Yes, pray for your food. It's great. It's a blessing, okay? Yes, thank God, thank God for your mom and dad. That's amazing, you know? But the prayer here is more than just typical TV show prayer, right? We need to be living our lives in prayer towards the Lord. And prayer is a two-way street, okay? It's our communication with God. So we need to be in constant communication with God. That means talking and listening, okay? We need to be in constant relationship with God. Does that make sense? Um, so, so how many of you guys drive to work? Well, first off, how many of you guys work? Good. How many of you guys go to school? Look at that. Okay. Uh, how many of you guys have free time where you're in a car? Okay. Uh, I would encourage you, okay, just what I did. Uh, if, if you don't, it's all right. You've got a dorm room. Okay. Uh, whenever you're alone, okay, just set some time aside. All right, I'm praying right now. Okay. I can tell you this when I'm driving in my car. Uh, most of the time, every morning when I'm driving in my car to go pick up Aaron to start our day, uh, I pray the entire way. I'm just like, all right, God, uh, let's see what we can do today. And, and, and I mean, just make a conversation. You don't have to be all holier than thou and liturgical about it. Just have a conversation with God. Because God wants to have a conversation with us. Let's pray without ceasing. The best way I've ever heard it, uh, the best way I've ever heard it described uh, is, we'll, we'll use the example of a 16-year-old girl. A uh, 16-year-old girl uh, and a 16-year-old boy uh, think they love each other in high school. And they, 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 they call each other, okay? This is back in the days before cell phones, okay? Uh, but back in the day, you used to have, like, the corded phone, so you'd, like, take her out of the corner, you know, like, I'd say, Mom, Dad couldn't hear you talking about the phone, right? Yeah, right, right, right. It's a little bit Now we have cell phones. It still works, okay? So, so we're on our cell phone, and we're talking to our girlfriend or our boyfriend, okay? Uh, and, and many of us have been there before, okay? And we start getting, oh, man, it's getting tired. Okay, well, hey, baby, I gotta go. Okay, baby, yeah, you too. Okay, I'll hang up when you hang up, okay? No, you hang up first. No, you. Oh, no, no, no. You hang up, okay. How many of you guys have been there before? Oh, I've done that. Okay. <laughs> but, 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 why, but why do youngsters do that? <laughs> you might still do it today. That's all good. Uh, but the reason why is because you love hearing their voice. 
Okay? You don't want to hang up because you want to keep that conversation going. As small as it may be, you want to keep it going. And so with the same zeal, with the same passion that 16-year-old lovers have, we need to be in love with God, the creator of the universe. Because he's on the phone saying, hey, I'm never going to hang up. I'm never going to hang up. And we just sit on the phone. We forget he's still talking to us. Am I right? Put, put that. Might be pushing some buttons. I'm like, wow. I didn't realize that. God's not hanging up, but I put the phone down. That's, I mean, that's me. It's 2014. Hey, let's not put the phone down. God wants us to be praying without ceasing. I think that's awesome. It says this, and everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God. This is God's goal for you. Give thanks in everything. It's a good one. How many of you guys think we can give thanks for a lot more things? When was the last time you thanked your mom and your dad for everything they've invested in? When was the last time you thanked your high school teachers for investing in you? Last time you thanked your coach? Last time you thanked a friend for putting up with you? All right? Because definitely, we all put up with one another. You guys probably put up with me the most. Thank okay? you. Okay. Verse 19 says, do not quench the spirit. And verse 20 says, do not despise prophecies. Verse 21 says, test all things and hold fast to what is good. Okay? This is talking about in church. Okay? Uh, when you see someone say something and they're like, oh, this is from the Lord. Okay? Or, oh, the Holy Spirit has come upon me. Boom. Okay? Uh, or, I'm going to prophesy over you. Okay? Don't just write that off as, uh, as well, that person's crazy. That person's crazy. Uh, but also, don't write it off as, oh, yes, that was great. Okay? We're told here to test it. Okay? Make sure it lines up with Scripture. If it lines up with Scripture... Amen. Apply it to your life. If it doesn't line up with scripture, uh, maybe don't sit next to that person again. Okay? Uh, but take what's good. That person uh, is, is trying to find God. Okay? And that's good. We can take that. The last part says, uh, in verse 22, it says, uh, abstain from every form of evil. How many of you guys would agree in 2014 you want to abstain from evil? Okay? We want to abstain from evil. There's a lot of evil out there. And I can make a list and we can write on the whiteboard what a list would be of evil. Uh, and it'd be long. Okay. Uh, but verse, verse uh, 18 says this is the will of God. That you give thanks and everything. Earlier in 1 Thessalonians, uh, God tells us about his will. And says, uh, my will is that you abstain from sexual immorality. That is always the first thing. Fornication, adultery, sexual immorality. Those are always the first things uh, in God's lists of sins. Now, they're not like the most important sins because all sin is sin to God. But it's interesting how those are always first, okay? I think because for mankind and womankind, we struggle with those the most, okay? So I want to encourage you guys not only to abstain from all forms of evil in 2014, I want to encourage you guys to abstain from all sexual immorality in 2014, okay? Does that make sense? Okay? And we can spend more weeks talking about that. I know we will, okay? I want you guys to set that as a goal. I'm going to be sexually pure 2014, 2015, until ever uh, I, I meet my spouse. And then within the confines of my marriage, I'm going to be uh, sexually pure as well. Sound good? It covers all of us. Okay? Solid. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 14 through 22. Uh, that's a checklist uh, to help us measure and attain our goals, our spiritual goals. 
as we are setting a resolution to nix resolutions. Remember, resolution is a firm decision, and we are nixing those, those resolutions to implement goals. Sound good? All right, here we go. I want us just lest uh, it all be good, and we're all uh, like, all right, I'm going to set the greatest goals, and I'm never going to attain them. Uh, we have a warning from God when it comes to setting goals, uh, and then not following through with Okay? Uh, if you guys want to look in your Bibles, uh, in Amos chapter 5, everyone's like, Amos? Man, I didn't even know that was a book of the Bible. I thought it was your dog. Uh, yeah, no, my dog's named after a book of the Bible, so it's my cat. Uh, and our bunny was also. Uh, it's just what we did. Uh, but Amos chapter 5, uh, Amos is a prophet. He is speaking to the children of Israel under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he writes down some things. Uh, and this is what the message uh, has to say about this, and then we're going to look at what uh, the New King James has to say. But the message says this, and this is God speaking to the children of Israel through Amos. He says, I cannot stand your religious meetings, okay? I am fed up with your conferences and your conventions, and I want nothing to do with your slogans and your spiritual goals. Okay? Now we're going to look at what the New King James has to say because I think uh, this is very good. But what the message did here with this verse specifically is it puts some things where it says like grain offering in Amos. So turn with me if you will in your Bibles to Amos. As I'm flipping, most of you guys are already turning. How many of you guys are in Amos? Let's go by saying hold up. All right. Let me know if you're not there by saying hold up. Hold up. All right. Amos chapter 5. You guys know where Amos chapter 5 is? Uh, we're going to be in verse 21 through 24. Okay? And this is what they say. Um, and, and, and I think this is important because we need to really pay attention to this. It says, this is God speaking. Okay? I hate and I despised your feast days. Okay? So this is what it was uh, saying there in the message. Your religious meetings, uh, your conferences, your conventions. Uh, and I do not savor your sacred assemblies, so those conferences. Okay? Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. Okay? No, I regard them uh, as flattered uh, peace offerings. Okay, we're going to pause there real quick. Uh, the, these grain offerings and these offerings unto God, this would be what we would put in our modern vernacular today. If we were to break down the Hebrew, put in our modern vernacular today. Uh, like our catchy church slogans, like, um, I, I can't get one off the top of my head, but like a catchy church slogan or a spiritual goal. Okay? A goal that we set but we don't follow through. Okay? Uh, God says, hey, I'm done with those. Uh, the message puts it down, he, he's fed up, or he's had enough of. I like what the New King James says, where it says, I hate and I despise. Guys, if we set goals that we're not serious about, if we set goals that like, oh yeah, this sounds good, I'm going to raise my hand at Ecclesia when he asks us to put goals, and we're going to throw up on the whiteboard, I'm going to raise my hand and say this, but we have no intention of actually following through with it. Uh, if we're going to set goals that we really know, uh, we're going to walk out of here tonight and we're not even going to follow we set goals um, just to sound spiritual, but we don't do them, um, God's not happy about that. Uh, but more than God not being happy about that, God despises it and God hates it. He's fed up with it and he's had enough of it. Because I can tell you what, there's been a lot of people throughout the history of the world who said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, all in the name of Christ. Purposely doing it to further themselves. Or sounding good in front of other people and, uh, and then not following through with it because they were never really going to do it in the first place. Okay? And God does not like that. The children of Israel, as we're going to take a look here in just a second, uh, the children of Israel, how's it going, Dasa? 
Dawson's awesome. You guys have a chance to see Dawson. He's a great guy. The children of Israel were at a place in history, a place in time, um, where they were worshiping God, but not worshiping God. They were having sacrifices and offerings, and they were meeting together, but there was no heart behind it. They were going through the motions. Okay, we talked about this a little bit uh, ago when we were in our Godology series. Okay, uh, but Israel was sounding spiritual, but no spirit. Does that make sense? Okay. And God said he hates that. And God doesn't want that. Uh, and, and, and he says, uh, I don't want worship. Okay? This is coming out of Malachi, which we're going to go through in just a second. He says, I don't want your worship. I just want your love. Okay? I don't want any of this hoopla. I don't want your 10 spiritual goals of 2014 if you're not going to follow through. The tail end of what it says there in Amos chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, uh, is it says, but let justice flow. Let righteousness flow like water. Let it flow. Let justice, let righteousness continue out. Uh, I think the important part here, as we're going to come to closing, uh, is, is when we set goals for 2014, and from now on, until the Lord returns or until we die, when we set goals at the beginning of every year, uh, I think the thing is, we have to be very careful not to let these goals turn into being Okay, now I'm not talking about like weight loss goals, because those are balanced. That's okay. Okay, but they're also spiritual and then this is the temple. Okay. But but I'm talking about our spiritual goals. Okay. I'm talking about our spiritual goals. And our spiritual goals can never become about us. Because if our spiritual goals become about us and not about God and not about Jesus, then our spiritual goals have become an idol. Does that make sense? Because if it's not worshiping God, if it's not bringing honor to God, then it's bringing honor to us. And we have now set ourselves up as God, and we have become an idol to ourselves. Okay? If you were to look in Romans chapter 1, verse I think 23 or 24, he talks about, God talks about how he hates people who have proud hearts. He hates the proud heart. He doesn't hate the people. Let me rephrase that. Okay? Um, he hates a proud heart. Okay? He does not like people who are cocky. Okay? The definition of being cocky is you have made yourself an idol. You are an idol. Okay? I am the best. Okay? We have to be careful not to let our spiritual goals become about us. How, how do we let them become about us? We're in a situation like this. We're sitting down all, all of us together. We're sitting down and I'm like, all right, what are our goals? And I, I raise my hand and I say, my goal I already got started off in like the cool, like, I'm hiring. That sort of thing. Oh, my goal. I'm going to lead 15 people to Christ this year. I'm going to read my Bible 14 hours a day. Okay? And we, we start making these outlandish statements, making ourselves sound uber spiritual. So then when everyone leaves college group, when everyone leaves church, when everyone leaves Bible study together, they're like, oh my goodness, did you see him? He is a spiritual person. Really loves God. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. And uh, but then we, the person who said those, we walk out we're like, oh yeah, they think I'm the best. I'm gonna have such an influence with these people, you know? I mean, really? It's become about us. Now we are the object, not Jesus. We have taken Jesus 
out of the place of worship and we have replaced him with ourselves. And that is a very, very dangerous place. Because God says he's going to crash down all idols. If you're an idol you set up, do you want God to come crash you down? I don't think so. Okay? So we want to keep God the center of it. We want to keep Jesus the center. We want to keep him the focus, lest we allow our goals to become routine and to become task-oriented. Where they are now uh, just, oh, got to check that off today. Better do it. It just becomes a routine and tasks rather than love uh, and affection to God. Two last closing remarks. I know I went long. Uh, but Paul talks about being a bond servant over and over again. A bond servant is a servant who has served their, their, their time of servitude and are free men and women who say, I am out of love to my master, going to ask if I can stay around and help them out around the house because I've grown to love them and their family. And when they do that, the master would then punch a hole in their ear, give them an earring, saying when they go to the marketplace, this person loves their master so much that they are not going to leave aside. Okay, that's awesome. Okay? And uh, they become adopted into the family. Bond servants became brothers and sisters to blood relatives. Does that make sense? Okay? And God wants us to be bond servants to him. We don't have to follow the Lord. Okay? You don't have to. You don't have to. I'm not telling you, you have to follow the Lord. I am saying you have to if you want to put heaven. I am saying you have to uh, if you want to live a life uh, that is worth something. Uh, but you don't have to if you don't want to. Understand the consequence for that is hell. Okay? Uh, but God wants us to love Him. He doesn't want to give us all these rules just for us to check them off on our list. He wants us to do them out of love. And that was at the heart of Malachi. The way the, the Old Testament ends is God telling the children of Israel, hey, I'm fed up with the way you are living your lives. Your religion is ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to send you into captivity. And boom, they go into captivity. Okay? Uh, he's like, I'm done with you. Okay? We used to have something. We're done. Okay? Uh, and they go into captivity. Uh, but he promises something. Okay? He promises Messiah. Okay? And he, he does this, and we all know the story of the Bible, and, and, and Messiah comes. But let us not get the place in our goals, where our goals become routine, where they become a task, and we, where we are in need of judgment, like the children of Israel, uh, where we are in such dire need uh, that God needs to send his son to fix it, okay? Because he already did. And now we can be in relationship with his son. Uh, and now we can do that uh, as we set these goals as well, okay? Uh, these goals should not be something they require the wrath of God because they're about us. Uh, but they afford us communion with the Savior, with Jesus, because our goals are about Him. So in closing, uh, uh, they must be about Jesus and they must be for Jesus. Um, that, I mean, that's just all there is to it. Uh, you can resolve, uh, but you might miss, but you can hit the goal you're going to get all the points if you set it for Jesus. Okay? You can't go wrong when you're doing it for Jesus, when you're doing it for the Lord. Um, and so, yeah, guys, I encourage you guys, set many, many goals. I know we went long. I brought the whiteboard up here. We were going to write down goals for our group and goals for us individually that we could all pull from. Uh, but I think we have a pretty good list of goals that we can just set that are just our standardized goals for this year. You guys all agree with me? Mm -hmm. Resting in God, being one with one another, uh, all of First Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, and then 
not making these goals about ourselves, but making them for the Lord. Does that sound good? All right, amen. Guys, let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much, God, for your word. Uh, God, we thank you that your word is perfect. Uh, God, your word speaks to us in every situation uh, of our lives, even in the goofy colonialism of setting resolutions for the new year. Uh, God, we thank you uh, that, uh, God, when you uh, set something forth, when you intend to do something, you always follow through. Uh, God, and we just thank you that when you make a resolution, it stands. God, but we realize we are human and we fail. Uh, God, and we, uh, on our own, cannot uh, acquire anything. And God, and that our resolutions, they fail. God, I thank you that you've given us the opportunity to be able to set goals be able to benchmark ourselves along the way, uh, that we can grow in specific ways, in measurable ways, in attainable ways, uh, God, ways that are re- relevant to what you have for us and what you have for this world. God, I thank you that you've given us some of these goals and these blueprints on how to live our lives here in your word. God, I pray that we would read your word. God, I pray that we would do more than read your word. God, that we would study your word. And not only that we would study your word, but God, we would be in prayer as we study your word. God, prayer and reading the scripture, we know that that was your plan and they go hand in hand. God, I pray that as we do this, we'll see the importance of telling others about you and, and, and people finding Jesus, God. And I pray that you would equip each and every single one of us in this year, 2014, uh, with just boldness so we can go and we can tell uh, people about you. God, we just thank you. Uh, for what your plan is for us for 2014, God. And I pray that we would stay in your will. We would stay in what your goal for us is. Uh, God, that we would not make this about ourselves. God, forgive us when we've made things about ourselves. God, forgive us when we have taken you out of the place of worship and we have put ourselves there. God, may we not do that. God, may we not set down the phone because you're still on the other line. God, may we be in constant conversation with you. God, we love you. God, we thank you. God, we just pray that as we go from this place tonight, God, that we will uh, grow and that we will all uh, be changed by what your word has to say. Uh, God, and this time next year, when we reflect on 2014 as a whole, we will say, I have come this far and the best is still yet to come. So God, we thank you and we praise you. In your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Guys, I'm going to just have you stand on your feet. Uh, Bo's going to lead us uh, in the chorus of that song a few times. Uh, and let's really, let's really rejoice. Uh, let's raise our hands, raise our voice, and give praise unto God. Amen.